Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. about stewardship, and last week I shared with you that the key to successful living is to understand, and not only understand, but to apply the principles of biblical stewardship to our life. Now, a lot of folks check out whenever you mention stewardship, because they say, "Uh uh-oh, the preacher's going to be talking about money. That's just a small portion of the whole principle of stewardship that is taught in God's Word. So I'm going to be sharing with you over the next several weeks uh, the key to successful living is the idea of stewardship. It's the missing piece. So many Christians and so many Christian families and Christian individuals are missing this piece of the puzzle. They think, well, all I need to do is accept Christ as my Savior. Well, that's true to get to heaven, right? But God wants you to live a successful, happy life while you're here. That doesn't mean you're not going to have tribulations and trials and difficult places. You're going to experience all of that. But in order to live successfully, by the way, guys, you know that the land of Canaan in the Bible was not a type of heaven. Okay? we got to be sure we don't get our theology out of a hymn book. We get our theology out of the Word of God. Canaan was a type of victorious Christian living. And in order for us to live victoriously here on this earth, this is the missing piece for so many people's lives. It's the idea and the principle of biblical stewardship. Now, there should be some sermon notes scattered around. Be sure you have some of those sermon notes today. I want you to jot some of these things down. Uh, Real quickly, as a review, last week we were in Luke chapter 6. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. But let me recap real quick last week kind of what we were talking about. In Luke chapter 6, in that passage of Scripture, verses 37 through 38, I share with you four observations. Just jot these down for those that weren't here and, and that missed it. You can actually go to the podcast also and pick it up. But here's a few observations from this passage of scripture number one this is to be our lifestyle Luke chapter 6 you want to know how to live as a child of God you want to know how to live as a Christian camp out in Luke chapter number 6 because this is to be our lifestyle we're to love our enemies we're to stop judging we're to stop criticizing one another we're to give and we will receive uh, and so forth and so on we've got to be compassionate and what a great passage of scripture that is I went into detail about that last week. I can't today. But that is to be our lifestyle. The second thing I want you to see is that this second observation from this passage, that this is to set us apart from the world. Because it talks about even sinners do this and even sinners do that and how we are to go beyond that. So when the world looks at us, they see there's something different in our lives. So not only is this to be our lifestyle, it's also to set us apart from the world. Also, the third observation I shared with you last week is that this behavior was modeled by our Heavenly Father. It says in Luke 6:36 that you must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. So it was modeled by our Heavenly Father. Fourth observation is simply this, that this behavior, this lifestyle, will reap many benefits. And you see some of the benefits mentioned there in verses 35 down through verse number 38. Whenever we love our enemies and do good to them and lend to them and don't be concerned that they may not repay, Scripture says 
then your reward from heaven will be very great. And if you forgive others, you'll be forgiven. If you give, you will receive. So you see, there are some benefits from living this type of a lifestyle. Now, every time here at Victory Church over the last 18 years as I've been preaching and teaching from God's Word, whenever we talk about the idea of stewardship, there are four words that we all know go hand in hand with stewardship. You know what they are? I'll help you. God owns it all, right? We don't own a thing. We're just managers of everything that God places into our possession. God owns it all. So if you will have a paradigm shift in your heart and in your mind, if you will start thinking that way, it will completely transform the way that you live your life. And now you're on the track to discovering the missing piece for successful Christian living, right? It's realizing that we don't own anything, that God owns it all. Last week also I talked to you about the idea, is your life a reservoir or is it a river? Do you live to hoard things up and control it? You know, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can, right? I mean, that's, that's a reservoir. God wants us to live like a river. Live with our hands wide open. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord, right? We just want his blessings to flow through us and for us to be able to be a blessing to others. That's living a life like a river and not like a reservoir. And that's where we stopped last week. So now today I want to pick up on how. How do we do this? How do we live this lifestyle of giving with hands wide open instead of clasped and closed? With realizing that I don't own a thing, I just manage what God has placed into my possession. How do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's a great question, okay? So let me see if I can unpack it for you here real quickly. How do we live this lifestyle of giving? Really, there's one step to this. And number one is simply this. Totally give yourself to God. Guys, you know what God wants more than anything? You know what God wants more than your money? He wants you. He wants you to give yourself to Him completely. And whenever we dedicate and give ourselves completely and wholly, entirely to the Lord, everything else will fall into place. But some folks, they kind of come to church and they do their church thing and they pray the prayer they need to pray and then they kind of tip the Lord on Sunday. Listen, that's not what God wants. God is not after your money. Matter of fact, poke your neighbor on the shoulder right now and say, God doesn't need your money. Go ahead. Right. He doesn't need it. Some of you are not doing that. Poke your neighbor on the shoulder right now and tell them God does not need their money. He doesn't. (laughs) He owns it all, right? But what he does want is your heart. What he does want is you. He wants you to give yourself completely and wholly to him. So true stewardship doesn't begin when we take up the offering. True stewardship begins when I give myself completely, entirely over to the Lord. My whole self I give to God for Him to be able to use for His honor and for His glory. I just want to be a vessel that He can use. I want to be His mouthpiece. I want to be His arms. I want to be His feet. I want to be His hands. I want to serve like Jesus served. I want to smile like Jesus would smile. I want to embrace and hug like Jesus would embrace and hug. I give myself completely And then let everything else kind of fall into place. We compartmentalize too much in our life, right? 
Accepting Christ and being a Christian is more than just coming to church on Sunday. It's giving myself completely. Let's look at Scripture and see how Scripture unpacks this idea of totally giving ourselves first to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verses 1 through 5, great passage of Scripture, and I want you to hear this. The Scripture says, and this is the Apostle Paul writing, he says, Now I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done for the churches in Macedonia. So what Paul is doing now, he's given a testimony. And he's sharing what the Lord has been doing in the mission work and the endeavors in the churches in and through Macedonia. Notice what he says about them in verse 2. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times. Everybody say much trouble. Much trouble and hard times. They had been going through much trouble and hard times. Have you ever gone through some trouble in life? Yeah. You ever had some ups and downs in life? You ever had some valleys you had to walk? You ever had when life is just going good and all of a sudden it blows up in your face? We all had that? You know why you have that? It's because you're living. The only way you'll not have that is to be dead. There's a four-letter word for life blowing up in your face. It's called life, right? L-I-F-E, just living life. You're going to have some of the highest mountaintop experiences in life, and you're going to have some of the deepest valleys. But if you are a true child of God, and you've dedicated and given yourself to God completely and wholly, it's not going to impact anything in your life as far as you giving to God, right? You're still going to be able to sing, as the song said earlier, that we sang whenever you're in the valley, because you've given yourself completely unto the Lord. It says in verse number 2, they've been going through much trouble and hard times. Their wonderful joy and deep poverty. Say deep poverty. These are some key words I want you to see. Their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. Now these were the Christian believers that were going through some difficult times. It was tough. It was hard. They were in poverty. But in their poverty it overflowed Enriched generosity. And then he says, I can testify in verse 3. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. They gave not only what they could afford, but far more. Are they struggling? Yes. Are they having some difficult times? Come on, church, talk to me. Don't look at me like a bullfrog in a hellstorm. I want you to just look at me and talk with me, okay? We're going through this together. Don't make me like I feel like I'm the only one in the room, okay? I know you're out there. I can see you. People say, well, if I just be real quiet, he can't see me. No, I can see you. You ever realize that? When you're sitting there and I'm looking, I can see you. Sometimes people forget that, right? I know you're there. Let me know you're there. Everybody say amen. Okay, so I know you're there. I want you to look. Paul said, I can testify they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. And they begged us again and again for the gracious privilege of sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. Let that sink in. They were going through hard, difficult times. Scripture says that they had much trouble. Scripture says that they had deep poverty but they were begging for more and more opportunity to give to the christians in jerusalem that were struggling even while they were struggling most people never get there 
the majority of Christians never get to this point, right? Because they get there where life is hard, where hard times come, where they're afflicted, where poverty may set in, and they start playing the victim looking for a handout. Say amen or oh me, right? Hello? Listen, life gets tough. There's some hard places we're going to go through. We may experience deep poverty, but it should not impact how we live for the Lord and how we care and treat and live for others. Are you with me? Don't ever let it turn and say, whoa, you've seen those people. I mean, just the least little thing can happen, and they, you, you would think the world's coming to an end, and they're complaining to everybody about the least little thing that happened to them. You know what they're looking for? Looking for sympathy. Looking for a handout. Looking for entitlements. Hello, are you with me, church? These believers, I want you to live in 2 Corinthians 8 this week. These believers were struggling. These believers were having it hard. It was difficult. They were in troubling times. They were in not just poverty, but deep poverty that they were in. But Scripture says... That even in their deep poverty, they were overflowing with rich graciousness. They were being gracious in their giving. They had learned the idea of what stewardship is. Right? Living life like this. And the scripture says in verse 4, read read to me the first three words of verse 4. It's on the screen. They. (laughs) Wow. Let that sink in. They're going through hardships, difficult times, deep poverty. But it says they begged the Apostle Paul, can you give us more opportunities to give? Now listen, I've been pastoring this church for 18 years. We started this church in 1999 with just three people. And my my family, we came here, we didn't know a soul, and we started digging out this work. In those 18 now plus months, 18 years plus months, I can't think of a time. When there was someone that was knocking on the door of my office at the church saying, Brother John, will you please just let me give? Not one time. Will you please just take up an offering this Sunday so I can give? Will you please give me a job to do? I want to donate some hours to the church. I'm gifted in this area. Will you please create a place for me to be able to serve and use my talents and my abilities in the church? I don't know that I've really had people knock my door down begging to give. What'd they do here? Come on, talk to me. They begged. And you wonder why the gospel was spreading? You wonder why the Apostle Paul was successful in his ministry? It's because people were understanding the idea of stewardship. It's not about me receiving It's about me giving. And they were begging the Apostle Paul again and again to be able to give for the gracious privilege of sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. Verse number five. This is where the rubber meets the road. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes for their Read those next two words. For their first action. First thing they did. That's what I want you to see. For their first action was to dedicate themselves 
to the Lord and to do us for whatever direction and to us for whatever direction God might give them. The key, guys, to stewardship is dedicating yourself completely and wholly to the Lord. It changed the way you live. It had changed the way you think. It had changed everything in your life, right? Are you with me? So my question is, have you done that? Have you completely dedicated your entire self to the Lord? Your job, your career, your family, your finances, your time, your talents, everything. Have you dedicated everything? Dedicate yourself completely and wholly to the Lord. And the question would be, how could they give more than they were able to give? And the answer to that is because they gave themselves first. So here's what I want you to understand. God, he doesn't really want your money. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you completely, right? The money's a byproduct. Matter of fact, Scripture even teaches us, and I'll talk more about this later, but where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So why is it do you think that why is it do you think God implemented the tithe and the offering into the local church? It's not because he needed your money. Are you with me? It's because he wants your heart. Because he knows what you're going to invest in, your heart's going to follow that. Right? Are you with me, guys? Smile. Everybody smile. Most Christians never learn this principle. I've seen families, I've seen individuals struggle financially, I've seen them struggle spiritually, I've seen them struggle emotionally, simply because they've never given themselves completely to the Lord. Now, they've given a part, and given a little bit here and a little bit there, but they're holding on to stuff. You've got to let it go, right? You've got to let it go. Listen, the height of ingratitude, and this is something I have in my notes I want you to get here. The height of ingratitude is when God gives us something, and we build a fence around it and become very possessive with it. That is the heart of ingratitude, right? We've got to understand that God owns everything. The second thing I want you to get on this, how we develop this lifestyle of giving, is that you've got to learn the biblical benefits of giving. Okay? God's Word has a lot to say about giving. As we go through this study, you're going to be amazed at what the Bible says about your giving. As we go through this study, you're also going to be shocked at what the Bible says about your grasping. Are you with me? It's good stuff that we're going to learn here. The third thing on how we do this is we've got to apply the principles to our life. You see, it's not enough just to know it. We've got to apply these principles to our lives. So we're going to learn a lot here in the next several weeks together as we go through this study discovering about giving. Let me share something real quickly with you. We have, this is, uh, this is really what I've based this series off of. Years ago here at Victory Church, many years ago, we did a study on 33 Laws of Stewardship. And we have a few of these books left. And if you would like to get a copy, Donetta will be out in the foyer or in her office one, and you can see Donetta right after the service and pick up a copy. Uh, we have a study guide, and we have a book, and you can go online and get these, and I don't even know what the price of them are, but we're going to, five bucks for the book and three bucks for the study guide if you'd like to get that. If you want to study it individually, if you want to study it as a family, if you want to study it as a small group, this would be an excellent study for you. And a lot of what I'm going to be sharing with you came 
or is coming through this study that we did many years ago here at the church. I want to make that opportunity available for you. But real quickly, let me share with you about giving. God wants us to become lifestyle givers. Now, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your whole self, giving yourself to the Lord and for his, for his use in the kingdom work. Okay, Giving your time, giving your talent, and giving your treasure. But he wants us to give ourself completely. So here's what I want you to see about becoming a lifestyle giver. I'm not sure if I have a slide for this film, but let me illustrate. We, we know that whenever we go to God's Word, that being a believer or believing or just the word believe, we know those are important, right? Do you know that those words are mentioned 272 times in the Word of God? Well, what about the words prayer and praying? Prayer is important, right? Praying is important, right? Do you know that the idea of prayer, the words prayer and praying, are found 371 times in the Word of God? Well, what about love? We know that we're to love one another. We're to love God. He loved us. Do you know that the word love and loving is found 714 times in the Word of God? Well, what about the word give or giver or giving? Those words are found in God's Word 2,162 times. So here's what I want you to get. Three times more than love, God wants you to give. Seven times more than prayer, God wants you to give. Eight times more than believing, God wants you to be a giver. That's what I'm trying to get across in God's Word here today. Right? Are you with me? He wants us to adopt this lifestyle, to be a stewardship of giving. Not just our money, but ourself, our heart, giving ourselves to the Lord and allowing Him to use us. Real quickly, let me give you two things. I'm going to stop this sermon. I'm not even going to get to the benefits today, okay? I'll get to the benefits next week, all right? But let me give you two things that, get, that must take place in order for God to meet our needs. And these are in your sermon notes. Number one, you must ask God to provide for your needs, okay? So whenever we're living life and we've given ourselves completely to the Lord, are we going to have some needs in life? Yeah. Are we going to have some areas where there's going to be some things that, that we need? Yes, and God knew that. So how do we get those things? We ask the Lord. You say, well, preacher, where'd you get that? I'm glad you asked. I got it out of the Lord's prayer. Let's say it together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed thy. Continue. Whoa, 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 stop right there. That's part of the prayer. The Lord said he wants us to depend on him. Don't depend on your job or your career or grandma or anybody else. He wants you to depend on him. Are you with me? And he wants us to ask. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He wants us to petition him in prayer for the things that we need. We give ourselves completely to the Lord. Are we going to have some needs? Yes. We then ask God to meet those needs. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And we're to make those known to him in prayer. The second thing I want you to get is this, on how God is going to meet our needs, is that we need to be generous with our giving, with our finances, with our time, our schedule, with our talents and our abilities. We need to be generous with that. There's one thing I know about the Lord, a biblical fact. God just doesn't love, or not love, God doesn't like a greedy person. Are you with me? He wasn't greedy when he gave his son, was he? I mean, he gave us everything, and he wants to give us everything. We're to model that behavior. We're to live life like this. 
So I want to wrap this up this way. And the band, you can come on up because I'm going to be done. I want to wrap it up this way with simply one question and one thing for you to do. The question is this. Have you given yourself completely to the Lord? In 2 Corinthians 8, we were just there. The churches of Macedonia, they were going through a difficult, hard time. They were in deep poverty. They were having hard times in their life. But they were able to give, and they were generous with their giving, because first they gave themselves to the Lord. I wonder as every head is bowed and every... Every eye closed, every head bowed, every eye closed. And please be respectful during this time. Please, everyone, bow your head. Everyone, close your eyes. I want to give you an opportunity right now to do the number one thing that we've got to do in the area of stewardship. And that is to give ourself to the Lord completely. And my question is have you done that? Have you given yourself completely to the Lord? You may say, well, I I pray the prayer of salvation. That's great. But now I want you to give your whole life to God. Give Him every area of your life. Not just the drawer we pull out on Sunday and then push it back closed as soon as church is over and then live the rest of our life. Give Him the entire dresser. Give Him your entire life. Have you done that? If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, that's where it begins. And I want to encourage you to do that today. Jesus loves you. He proved that love by dying on the cross for you. He paid your sin debt. He was buried. He rose again victoriously the third day. Right now, He's ascended to the Father, sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for us. To be a child of God... You don't have to join a church. You don't have to take communion. You don't have to be baptized. All those are great things that you should do after you're a child of God. But to be a child of God, all you've got to do is realize that you're a sinner. We're all born into this world sinners. Realize that you have sinned. Realize that Jesus paid your sin debt. That sin that we have committed has separated us from a holy God. And in order to be able to come into His into His presence, we must be cleansed of all sin. The only way we can do that is to trust Christ as our Savior. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, let me pray with you right now. Everyone, heads bowed, eye closed, and let's pray this prayer right now for that one that needs to accept Christ as their Savior or possibly even rededicate their life. Pray something like this. Just say, Dear God, I realize that I have sinned, and I just pray you forgive me of my sins. I trust in Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe He died on the cross, was buried, rose again. I may not understand it all, but the very best that I want to do is give my heart and my life to Him and ask you to forgive me of my sins. Save me today. Graft me into the family of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Head still bowed. For those that prayed that prayer, just let me say welcome to the family of God. For those that rededicated their life, let me just celebrate with you and say congratulations. No greater walk than the walk with Jesus. Okay? But now what about the rest of us? We've accepted Christ as our Savior, but maybe the Holy Spirit has fingered around areas in your heart 
that you haven't given those areas over to the Lord, why don't right now you just give those areas to God? Every area of your life. It may be the area of relationships with your family, with your children, parents, grandparents, whatever, aunts, uncles, cousins. It may be in in the area of friendships. It may be in the area of your emotional state or your financial state or your spiritual state. Guys, just give it all. Give it all over to the Lord. Let me pray with you. Father, right now we stand before your throne, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And Father, sometimes we're guilty of holding on too tightly to different areas of our life. Today we let go of that. And we turn all of that over to you. We give that to you today. We give our entire self to you today. Understanding we're going to have mountaintop wonderful experiences. And we're going to have some deep valleys to walk through. But in the midst of that, we can sing, we can give, we can serve. Because we've given ourselves completely to you. Father, I just pray that you'd give reassurance to the individuals today that have made that decision to give themselves completely to you. Bless them in every area of their life. And the key to successful Christian living is stewardship. And to live out stewardship, it begins with us giving ourselves completely to you. And then there are some wonderful benefits of doing that, which we'll unpack next week. But thank you for those today that have given their heart and their lives completely to you. We just pray, God, you bless them. Give them the reassurance of the commitment that they've made today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email Call or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.